0: Welcome to TRB Live! It is the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you all so much for joining us on this episode. A very special episode because we're talking about brand new Star Wars being Ahsoka, Parts 1 and 2, Master and Apprentice, and Toil and Trouble. So stir up your cauldrons and pull up a chair and join us. Um, John, James, and Lacey with me as always. And yes, it is time. We're finally here to talk about Ahsoka... Uh, So before we get into anything, just want to say hello to the two of you. How are you?
1: Hello. That's it. Well, I thought James was going to say hello, but he looks really in thought.
2: Yeah. I, I've got a technical error. I can hear everything twice, so I'm so confused. Okay. I'm going to figure that I, out for a minute
0: while James, we're here. James has his headphones in both galaxies right now, and that's why he's getting the echo. Uh, but yeah, I'm so-
1: doing great. I'm pumped to be here. I'm pumped to talk about the show. It is, without going into detail, because we're going to be going into detail, yes, uh, totally. I honestly feel like just in the first two episodes, it's the best Star Wars series
0: we've ever seen. I might be. Feeling I, know that that's bold. Well.
1: I know that's uh, bold and you're talking to someone that like loves Mando, but Dave Filoni is not playing around.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no doubt about it. And we are going to go full spoilers here. So obviously if you haven't watched Ahsoka, check back with us. It's going to hit all your pod feeds tomorrow morning. And of course it will be on the channel here. And mm-hmm. if you're with us now, make sure you're subscribed to our channel, uh, youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast and on your favorite podcast app and just spread the word about TRB. If you're new to us, welcome. Welcome to the base. Come on in. We're going to have a good time. Uh, if you're old school TRB, thanks for sticking around. Either way, thanks for being with us. We're about to have a really good time talking Star Wars, and that's what it's all about. And God knows I need it. It's, it's been a summer. Um, but beyond all that stuff, uh, we also have Patreon uh, for additional support and content if you'd like. Uh, for example, right after this, we're actually heading to a Zoom call with our generals, spice runners, and admirals. So head to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast and check out our tiers. And if you're down to support us, tiers start at five bucks. Sign up. it would be cool. Um, now, before we get into the show, just so everybody knows, we put out a pretty lengthy statement on this that people thought we, uh, we have like a TRB PR firm. But we do not. I just wrote it. Um, but a couple of weeks ago. John we gets a, a little
1: wordy sometimes.
0: <laughs> I do get wordy. I like being wordy. We put out a full statement, but essentially what we're doing here, as you know, we are going to be reviewing Ahsoka as these strikes are happening. Uh, we are going to do that honestly, uh, critically. We're going to talk about things we like, things we dislike, all that stuff. Uh, we really do believe that the future of this series and the future of these characters and these storylines that continue and will continue beyond when the strikes are resolved are relying heavily on this show's success and we know through history that disney will never shy away from axing something for underperforming regardless of what caused that underperformance Now we received no money from the studios we're completely independent and we believe the best way forward is to honor and cover this show and support all the hundreds of people that went into creating this um, so that they have a future with this story and others and supporting artists writers and all involved in those unions um so that's that uh and now for some fun stuff before we get into rating the episode which we are doing the rosario scale zero mm-hmm. to ten we'll explain what that mm-hmm. is in a bit but before that Lacey has something fun to share
1: yeah so to thank you guys for supporting us f- always, but over the past few months, which has been kind of crazy, especially with the the strikes and stuff going on. um, We know that everybody's just trying to figure out how we're doing things here and we're doing our best. But you guys have been here with us every week celebrating Star Wars, talking about it when there wasn't really much going on. And now that we have a new show, we want to celebrate even more. So we have a giveaway going on uh, for the next week starting tonight. So the giveaway is for I'm going to reach for it. This Sabine Wren bust. One sixth scale mini bus limited to 3000 pieces from our friends at gentle giant. Thank you guys gentle giant for sending this over. Yes, We're gonna uh, give this away to someone. So there's two ways to enter. So the first way is to comment on this video, this YouTube video it, not in the live chat, in the, chat in the comments no. after the show ends and let us know what your favorite Ahsoka moment has been so far or you can retweet this episode on Twitter with your favorite moment um, with the, the tweet about what the episode is, it could be any of them because we're going to just sum everybody up. But um, so you have two different ways to enter. So if you do both, that's two entries. Um, and so we're going to announce the winner next week. Um, but we want to thank you guys again for just being so awesome. So yeah. you get to walk away with this really cool bus. So thank you, gentle giant. Yes. Um, and if you're interested in getting a bus like this or anything really cool, you can head over there to gentle giant ltd.com and use code resist 20 for 20% off.
2: Woohoo. All right.
0: Well, um,
2: I- by the way, I figured out the problem. Okay. There was another window open that I was not expecting and I was hearing us. We're good. So you're not in a football stadium anymore. No, no, yeah, it was like, it, I couldn't even tell you how far off it was, but it was like, I can't think at Oof. all.
1: <laughs> I see everybody in the comments saying, what's Twitter? It is the thing that we still use that has many still bird icons all over and including a bird house as the home icon. I'm sure,
0: yeah, if you want that bust, I'm sure you know what it is. <laughs> uh, but before we get into the rating, I do see we have some super chats. So let's fire through those uh, from those wonderful people.
1: Yeah. So we have a ton of super chats. Thank you guys so much. And don't worry. I saw Danny in the comments saying, oh, no, I forgot to add my my comment to the chat. Don't worry. I got it. We got you. So first up, we have Suhas. Thank you so much for the super chat. He says, can't make it tonight, but hope you all have a great show. Uh, What an amazing Uh, start to Ahsoka. Wonderful performances. Can't wait for next week. I literally can't either. I'm so hyped.
0: So thanks, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Thank Thank
1: you you so much. Next is the Master and Apprentice Show. Thank you so much. What a great name with the current (laughs) episodes that just came out. They said, hello, TRB folks. Just to clarify, I used, I used to use the name Gary 24 fan, Gary. Hi. Oh yeah. But my real comment is I got very emotional seeing these characters and feeling rewarded for investing my time in Rebels. Rebels fans are living right now. You guys, it is your moment. (laughs) I am so happy for, you know all Star Wars fans, but definitely like Rebels fans that have been fighting for that next season slash extension of the story.
2: Yeah, no doubt about. Or, it. and or justification for like I sure. watch a cartoon and I think it's really good, and people are like, "That's cute."
1: Oh, because it's animation. Yeah, people have this stigma that yeah. When people I get don't
0: it. like animated stuff, they call it a cartoon. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Animation is a medium. It's not. That's all it is. All right. So, Danny, thank you so much for the super chat. I just want to acknowledge that you did send a super chat. Thanks, Danny. And here's the message. (laughs) Danny wrote, oh, no, which I'm assuming Mark's there, too. Hi, Mark. He said, oh, no, or she said, oh, no, I forgot to put a message in the super chat. I meant to say how good Natasha Lubordiza was. She was very good. Uh, The music she was introduced to was the best and Chopper was the MVP. Loved his flex. (laughs) That's so true. I noticed that today when I rewatched again his little like. His yeah. John Hoey flex yeah
2: <laughs> Jack Droid
1: you guys are used to John doing that here on the show he's
2: the least Jack Droid in the world he's I pretty strony. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you so much. And then Qui-Gon J, thank you for the super chat. He said, never been so excited for a live show. This seems like it's shaping up to be the best show to die for. For diehard fans like us, can't wait to see where it goes from here. Nine out of 10 Rosarios for me. That's awesome. It is. Wait for our scores. Oh, uh, because we might be in similar as you. But thank you so much. We agree. We've been talking about the show since, you know, we saw it. It's been nonstop Mm -hmm. talking about it
0: (laughs) since Ahsoka was born in Tales of the Jedi. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Next is Mickey looking cool in his pick. What up, Mickey? How's it going? Thanks for the super chat. He said, Hey, guys, I just want to say I loved the first two episodes. Live action Harris, Sabine and Chopper, where everything definitely oh, works, yeah. staying up till 3am my time. That's right. It's yeah, rough for it's you guys. your
2: time me. now, UK. <laughs> <laughs> and, and everybody in the United States is like, we're so sorry that you <laughs> have to stay up.
1: No, specifically people <laughs> on the East Coast are like, we're so sorry. West yeah. Coast never had a problem. Yeah,
0: never had a problem. That's right. Yeah. The West Coast yeah. people now, if they're still working offices, like getting out of work and they're on like the 405 trying to speed home for 6pm. <laughs> right,
2: yeah, they're right. like, what? Why would they make this stupid mistake? And we're like, yeah! no,
0: yeah. no, I have traffic to go through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so- Sorry, John Roca. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: John Rocha. Next is Cal. Cal Beckworth. Thank you so much for the super chat. You said I am so excited. You guys are doing such an awesome job. It's starting to cover my face, uh, which is making me. Oh yeah. <laughs> Someone needs to write a really long message so it just covers me. I'll do uh, one. Oh, thanks. Uh, Kyle said, "I'm so excited to see where this goes. So happy they dropped two episodes. Felt like the first act of a long movie. Yeah. Live action chopper is going to steal the show. Kevin Kiner score is great. Thanks, TRB. Thank you. Kyle. We're going to get into it. Kevin Kiner score." Has made this show for me. I'm going to be oh honest. Oh my
2: god! And I, ex, I think, yeah, I think, uh, I don't want to say it was intentional, but like the whole two episodes that they released at the same time, ending with the way that Rebels ends. So it's sort of mm-hmm. like we're giving you this for everybody, <laughs> kind of get caught up, put us in the same space, and then now we can move forward. You know. Hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Cal. I love your shirt. Yes. Uh he's wearing a make sure to happen shirt for audio listeners. Uh I'm all standing next to
0: Amelia Clark. I know. Yeah.
1: Christian. I like the shirt. <laughs> I was like, forget Amelia Clark.
0: Oh. <laughs> <He's wearing laughs> yeah. ch- wow.
1: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's what it sounded like. I was like, oh. Uh I love her. Christian, what up? Christian, Chris, Christian, where where are we going? Chris, what are we doing?
2: Right? He says Christian. Yeah, yeah,
1: but every one of his platforms is Christian. Our regular
0: listeners are like, I don't care what this guy's name is. <laughs>
1: anyway, he's sitting next to Chopper. Love that. He said, C110P is the GOAT.
2: Eat Ooh. your heart out.
1: R2D2. Wow. That is all. Wow. Chop. Yeah, Chop. Wow. Chip. Yep. All right. That Thank is a bold statement. And I, I'm actually curious if we put a poll out, like, which droid is better? Who would win? I don't know if people are going to do recency bias where they're like, well, yeah. Chopper just killed it. Hmm. And plus, they like left RPD two. He he Honestly. lost. He was basically out of the
2: sequel trilogy. So yeah, I'm always surprised by the R two fans. Like where they come out of nowhere and like he's the best character in Star Wars. Everything is because of him and all this other stuff. He's pretty great. He's They're pretty all helpful. great. Yeah. He's my favorite
0: Thank character you
1: so much for the super chat. Love your pick. Yeah, thanks. For uh, sure. Now let's get into this because I am I'm like buzzing. I'm so excited to talk about the show.
0: Yeah. So we're going to from our perspective, we you know, if you well, watch the Mando Fan Show or other shows we've done, uh, we sometimes get a little extensive when we explain these ratings, but we're going to just burn through this as quick as we can so we can get to the discussion because there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. So. Uh, what happens here? We each rate the episode zero to 10. You have count uh, on the Rosario scale. And you'll see what that is in just a moment. And then we'll average it out and see what our score was. And we'll check in with what our patrons, uh, rated this thing and get to a couple of their comments. So it just so happens that, and this is the first time this has ever happened. And it's happened like double because it's two episodes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The three of us have the same exact score for both episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. can I just say what it is so we don't have to run through it?
1: Can we all yeah. high five? <laughs> team. I, how team. OK,
0: so each of us on it's TRB like a free stream jump, we gave, did it. Gave both part one and part two nines, which averages out to a nine. So <laughs> 9.0 for part one, 9.0 for part two. And our patrons were like, oh, you like this, did you? We liked it more because our patrons clocked in with a 9.4 cumulative Look score. Look at her gorgeous face. Look at those Rosarios. <laughs> yes. That's she Ros- is
1: stupid good looking.
0: That's a Rosario that uh, clearly the, the studio gave the actors what they wanted this is going to be post strike she did, Dawson here. she was on the
1: picket line yeah. She's owning it
0: yeah um uh, but
1: she's a prime example of why people say like god chooses favorites mm. she's, one of them. <laughs> she's so good looking it's like yeah
0: insane. oh and, and in like uh, like clerks too she's just so likable and charming it's ridiculous uh, i was
1: doing my rewatches today and like her face is orange and she has stuff all, and she's still absolutely gorgeous.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Which, which reminds me the, uh, they're bringing Ahsoka to galaxy's edge and they I had like, her today. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh. That person has to get painted. Yeah. That person has to get painted, or multiple people or whatever, however they're doing it. Like it's not just dressing up or putting the outfit on and being hot. It's like this this person has to get painted and go out there. (laughs) Kind of not
1: probably a process.
2: Yeah, but it looks good. The costume looks awesome. It does look pretty good for sure. Um, For for like move screen quality to like you know outdoor theme park like better Better than the
0: theme park Chewy. Yeah, yeah,
2: it looks pretty good.
0: Yeah, theme park Chewy is right out of the spirit Halloween store. Um, (laughs) All right, our comments on this. We're starting off with Neil Shaw. What Neil. is up, Neil? Neil, uh, he broke the rules and he gave it a 9.9. 9, so I'm rounding that up to a 10. Uh, <laughs> he said, I don't want to pull a Lacey, but this was excellent Star Wars. This truly mm-hmm. feels like it was Star Wars. The pacing, storytelling, cinematography, acting, and score everything was just so well done. This might be my favorite Star Wars product since Disney acquired Lucasfilm. Thank you, mm-hmm. Neil. And then Chris Vandermail. What's up, Chris? Good to hear from you, buddy, as always. I uh, hope you guys are all doing well. He said, both, episode, both episodes, nine Rosarios. Want to know how I feel? For me, Star Wars is back, baby!
2: <laughs> this
0: is it. Great pacing, great musical score. Droids, aliens, vast worlds, space, spaceships, lightsaber battles left and right. After Rogue One and Andor, I feel this will be at the top for me of Star Wars since... 2015. I so hope this series continues on this path. Thank you both. And thank you everybody who uh, voted and commented and everything. Uh, But it seems like this is going to be the theme here. This seems like this might be the Star Wars program that has broken through and united fans, at least from what I've seen in the early going. So let's get into this thing. Let's talk about it. Let's talk Ahsoka. And we'll start as we usually do here to warm things up with our favorite moment or shot or line from either episode. So we're going to go with one each one, one I roll each. one
1: for each. Can we please do one for each, please? Come on,
0: I mean, we Come don't have on. a lot of time. You be quick? It's OK.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. I, I, I'm still only going with one, but Lacey, go ahead.
1: OK, so my shot from the first episode Is the rack focus shot that goes from the edge of the dial to Ahsoka's eye, then back to the wall, and then back to her smirking.
0: Do you want to tell people to rack focus? A rack focus
1: is is when the camera has something focused in the foreground and then it racks. So they use the zoom focus to then focus on something past it. So Mm. like in the focus, in the shot that I'm talking about, it's she's out of focus. And then she comes into focus as it's going down the dial with her eye lined up with what the wall she's looking at.
0: A socus and focus. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. That's a good one. I like that. So it's a
1: rack focus.
0: So very early on in the mix. Uh, oh, that,
1: that shot was gorgeous. As soon as it happened, down, I... Didn't... Downhill
0: from there. Yeah, Ugh.
2: James, no, did you... No. Did you... <laughs> <laughs> James, did you also do two or did you do one? no i just just thinking one i mean for some reason and i don't know why this was it really stood out to me but there's a there's a just a moment and a shot and just the way it was all delivered of um sabine heading back to her house and and shin having the little like machine like follow and then when it goes up to the top and it shows her up in that meadow like walking over looking over with the machine up there and the other um you know, the droid and the other assassin and stuff. It's just everything about that. I was like, this, this is the feeling you have when you're in the theater and you're watching Darth Maul and Phantom Menace. Yes. Yep. I'm like this, the, there's something about the way the music is hitting, the way the camera's moving. Even the droid the sound was the same framed up all of it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is, this is star Wars hitting, perfectly and I mean there's so much else about the show but I don't know what it was about just every little piece of that I was like this is a movie I'm watching a Star Wars movie right now for the first time and it's perfect
0: yeah um yeah that is that that, I I thought the same thing about Maul so that I mean uh that had to have been on purpose and it was done so well um mine isn't necessarily a shot it's a moment and my heart is breaking but it's also stolen at the same time by Ray Stevenson. I Oh, he was yeah. so
1: good. He's I so cannot good. tell
0: you. I mean, everyone knows if you've been listening to this show for a while, how much I've been waiting for, you know, a new really good Star Wars villain. And I thought Balin was just like so good. and the, And he's such a strong actor. And I've he's liked him for a very long time. And the part that I liked best is when they were at that ancient map reader location and Elsbeth already leaves. And Shin is sort of asking him, like, because she doesn't know what happens when they find Thrawn. And she says, what happens when we reach Thrawn? And he says, for some war, for others, a new beginning. And and she goes, and us, (laughs) he goes, power such as you've never dreamed. And I was like, oh, my God, that is beautifully delivered. I was was, seriously, I was like this. might." at that moment when I saw that, I was like, I know we have a long way to go, like six episodes to go. This may already be my favorite Star Wars live action series. And you were like, Dave
1: Filoni, you writing genius. Yes. (laughs) uh, Oh, oh, absolutely.
2: Yes. This character perfectly balances conflict. Yeah like everything about him every line that he delivers he's like i will destroy you and yet i will ache and pain over how awful of a tragedy that is you know yeah, <laughs> whatever. Right, it's right. like when, like what? When, when,
1: like this is just he's very so, experienced right in the middle yeah
2: at the end yeah. of uh
0: the second episode when morgan elspeth says very sentimental because he says oh there's not many jedi left it'd be a shame to kill her she goes yeah. very sentimental he goes it's the truth, truth. yeah yeah uh so I wait uh, can i give my second? Yeah, I'm just saying I, I that moment just oh, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what do you got?
1: OK, so my second shot from episode two, part two uh, is the amazing shot by Steph Green, where uh, Sabine is picking up the lightsaber and or oh, wait, was this episode one or is this episode two? This is episode, episode one. one. I like one episode one. Episode one <laughs> It's when Sabine not picks not up that the lightsaber. Not episode one, though. No, when she picks up the lightsaber and she's under the table and the camera's at her level and then the camera follows her to above the le- the the table when she's holding oh,
0: yeah. it. Nice.
2: Yeah, that's Good. my
1: second one. So, I really appreciate very technical shots. So it was very were... kind of like David Fincher who follows, hmm. like in his crime stuff, he usually follows with the camera. It doesn't mm-hmm. just sit where it is. Uh, it was a really cool shot.
0: So you're a bit too big... Uh shout outs from you to Dave Filoni's direction then yes yeah
1: unless I wrote the wrong thing down
0: no, <laughs> no I, I mean, didn't because
1: then so my other off. episode I wrote multiple shots too all right well
0: <laughs> you, you the already speeder got shot one yeah. where yeah. the
1: lost cats are in the meadow it was very like Ray and Jakku where she's sure. in the background yeah sure
0: all right
1: well now I got let, three in
0: yeah let's let's get into talking about both of these episodes and you know we're not gonna go chronologically or anything we're just gonna it chatted out and there's a lot to get into. So I'm not necessarily sure where to start, but I think I'm going to start with the crawl. Well, <laughs> we're not going to start chronological and James like, let's I,
2: start with the crawl. I mean, but that's the easiest place to start. Just I was going to say cast, the a...
0: casting and how we thought they did, but I'm down to talk about the crawl. If you want to get into the crawl, do you have, do you, do you have the screenshot of it or no?
2: No, I don't have the screenshot of it, but I just thought I I was, I don't know how I loved that the fact that it felt flat, um, whereas like Solos was flat too, but like the fact that it was fading, it mm-hmm. didn't feel wrong. Um, a line a it, line left. This felt a little strange, but other than that, like I like that they went that route. It's like a, a a new different route. Um, very reminiscent of the original. Uh the red has been sort of a thing that's like a that's like a Clone Wars um but then in the second
1: episode the lucasfilm logo was not red again it was only red in the first episode isn't that interesting
0: and it does appear that this is the only
2: crawl because the second episode didn't have one right didn't have one right Yeah. yeah okay so yeah so i just thought it was like the way they they did that and they set it up and um like i i don't know that i loved the flatness of it um but at the same time like I thought it was new and creative and different and really threw me like right at the beginning, I was like, oh, shoot, like what? You know what? Like, let's read this. What is this? And yeah, uh, quite interesting with the music, yeah. and the, the the kind of samurai music in the background and stuff.
0: I agree. That was cool. And, and then, yeah, you bring up the music and I thought the the music in this was great. I know everyone's accustomed to uh, hearing Kevin Kiner, uh, especially with uh, this Rebels crew. And I thought they did a knockout job with that as well. I uh, thought everything and and the the closing credits music. I felt like, are we in? Is this the new Game of Thrones right now? Right. Yeah. Like just unbelievable. So and, and
2: the mystery of that closing credits too. Like I think I think when we get to the end of the show, we know what we're looking at.
0: Yeah, it's like that, you know, it looks like the, all map, the eye of leading Zion. to yeah. one
2: planet, you know, mm-hmm. and and everything sources to that place or something. And mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah. it's just it's it's quite brilliant. And yeah, just to throw that out there too, the Kevin Kiner thing like he. This is the best I've ever heard him. In any series. Uh, and I know like some of the things that are working here is work that he's done before. So obviously he's using the Rebels theme. I love the Rebels theme. It worked in the show, but hearing it now with the nostalgia and how it's worked in, it hits harder, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think everything hits harder. I think anytime, you know, because I, I love Rebels too. It's my favorite Star Wars animated show. Um, but like this, the the seriousness of the storytelling is just demanded when you move it to a live action setting. Because you Mm -hmm. can you can do I don't want to say hokier things, but like crazier zany things with animation that you have to in a sense with human characters keep it relatively grounded. Um so I I I think the way they transitioned everything was done in a subtly but perfect way, including the casting. Uh, I think we all sort of, I think, not just us, but a lot of fans weren't sure about Mary Elizabeth Winstead in terms of how the look was, not her as an actor. But I think whatever they did for the final product, uh, she looks great. And also her mannerisms and, you know, her, her her head movements and how she interacts with Chopper and everything seems really on the nose. And it looks like, you know, Hera is Hera and, you know, hasn't really changed much. But I was speculating that I didn't think she would change much. She would sort of be like the stalwart uh of consistency in this crew what do you guys think of uh, her job so far in the first two episodes
1: Hera or
0: mary elizabeth winstead as Hera. yeah
1: okay um i you know i feel like people have had a lot of criticisms of her character in particular because of the way she looks um but I thought she looked good, great, and I think she did a good job. I think the moments that she shined were kind of those supportive moments between Ahsoka and Sabine for them to see that their own issues are very similar and how you know, they're both trying to manage the best way that they can. Um, for me, she also shined when uh, she was talking on Corellia, and she was talking about how he's like, oh, it's classified. And she's like, how is it classified? I'm a general. And he goes... Well, I'm sorry, it's you know, it's classified. And she's like, Well, unclassify it like yeah.
2: for me right yeah. now.
1: Yeah. Um, it was just really, really it was perfect.
0: Yeah. I mean, I thought she was great, but I I think Natasha Lou Bordizzo uh, stole the show so far. I think not only was she a great casting, she looks just like Sabine, but I thought her performance was just outstanding and her introduction was one of the coolest Star Wars character introductions to a show. Right. Um, so I thought that was great. Um, James, what do you think about uh, the casting so far? We already knew, obviously, Rosario Dawson. We got a good enough taste of her, but, uh, and the, the guy that got to play Chopper looked just like Chopper. So <laughs> I that was good. But Hera and, um, Sabine, what did you think?
2: Yeah, I think Sabine is, I feel like Sabine's like a hundred percent perfect. Like, I can't really find any flaws in that at all. Um, but, uh, Hera's is not far behind that um i think the look was a little strange to me but i think after watching the two episodes it just took a little like adjustment of actually seeing the character in live action and how mary is like delivering it Mm -hmm. um that that you go oh that is Hera. you know Mm -hmm. um i still think uh well there's there's a couple shots i saw where it was that sort of thing i think people had issues with uh ahsoka's outfit when it first started, cause it's like something didn't feel right. Yep. I think that's sort of the case here with, um, with hair as well, but maybe it's just cause I'm like overanalyzing it. And like, that's just how they've always done that species. I hate- live action. yeah.
1: I hate Ahsoka shoes like a lot. <laughs> she has those weird, like toe camel shoes mm-hmm. where it's it looks like, like a, like a hoof. The, the Ninja
0: Turtles it. went hiking. That's what her. Yeah.
1: Are. I don't, I don't get it. And I, I feel like they're going for like, kind of like, I don't know. It reminds me of those like weird shoes that people wear when they like go hiking, and they're like, "I'm going back to nature. I'm wearing like yeah foot yeah. shoes.
0: Yeah, Ninja <laughs> Turtle hiking shoes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I just don't like it. I no. think that's the one critique I have because every time I see them, I'm like, oh, I
0: don't like those shoes. Yep. Um, and then we had um, what's his name? Returning Clancy Brown back as Ryder mm-hmm. on Lethal. I uh, thought that was cool. And I reverse engineered that because I talked to James. I was like, that was him, right? And you're like, yeah, as soon as I heard him, I knew it was him. And I was like, it's funny because I was doing my rewatch and on the rewatch, I heard him and I was like, oh, that sounds like Clancy Brown. And then he shows up in the show. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, so I thought that was cool. And it's another check of, uh, you know, trying to find out when they do that in terms of bringing the actor in. And maybe it's just as simple as if they look like the character and they clearly right. design the character in animation based on the actor enough so they can bring him back. So that, that was cool. A little nod there, which again, general audiences don't need to know that. So they and I think
2: he, that pretty well. I think he played his part right, too, because that character was always like. Angry and aggressive to a point where you kind of feel like they're not on your side, where he's like, get me Sabine right now and like bring her, you know, but like at the same time on your side and sometimes yeah. Pulling tricks and stuff. Um, yeah. And so even his, uh, it wasn't just the voice or in the look, like I think he even nailed the uh, characterization of writer. Yeah. It
1: reminded me of little mermaid where she's like supposed to be at a concert and then the clamshell opens and she's not there oh, yeah. and everybody's like very upset. And they're like, where's Ariel? Like it was a little walking. tropey.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the whole I scene.
1: don't mind it though. I, I, I loved the cut to her on the speeder bike. I thought it was a perfect way to, in you know, introduce her. And Natasha is doing an amazing job. She's killing it. Every yep. scene she's in, she's killing it.
0: Now, speaking of her, I mm-hmm. am going to try to squash one of the only moments of controversy that fans have been talking about.
1: Oh, is there? Are there? I haven't seen any. It's, not, a, it's not
0: that big of a one, in my opinion, but some people are like, I don't get why that <laughs> happened. I, and I don't mean to do that. You didn't sound like that. I just did that but
1: is it the stab
0: no we'll get to it but oh. let's 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 get to that super chat and then i'll I'll reveal what uh what i think might be able to sure. uh, ease no problems
1: um so we do have a couple super chats first we have kyle 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 b what up cool thanks for uh giving me some compliments on my pumpkin mug it is spooky season uh yep. kyle said Been a while since I've been able to tune in live. Welcome back. Uh, He said, hope y'all have been well. Thanks for doing this, TRB. Always love celebrating a new Disney Plus show with you guys. Thanks, Kyle. We love talking Star Wars with you guys. And this this makes episodes so much better when we can, like, you know, kind of bounce off you guys and see what you think. I
0: hope you're well, too, Kyle. Yeah, totally. Thank you.
1: And then Chris is back. What up, Chris? He said, speaking to Sabine's intro kicking ass, here's a shout out to the Z95 Headhunters. Nice, I swore. I'm sorry for people that don't <laughs> like that, but I felt like it was necessary because that intro was just so good,
0: yeah, <laughs> she deserves cool. it. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> but, Christian. Thank
1: Appreciate. you so much.
0: Um, so the controversy was about Ezra's message to Sabine and him saying, uh, I, I know we're not technically family, but I always uh, considered you a sister.
2: And, oh. people, and people
0: were like, "No, they're they were crushing Romantic. on each other. They've been flirty. There's well, there's love there and stuff." Luke and Leia. Yeah. So <laughs> here's my thoughts on that. If you go back and watch his message from beginning to end, he waves at the beginning and goes, "Hey, Sabine," and then he puts his arms at his side the entire message, except for one moment. And in that moment is when he says. Uh, I always thought of you as a sister and he puts his head down and he scratches the back of his neck. And I was like, that's someone who's nervous and uncomfortable saying That's what he's saying sister. Right
1: so she doesn't think he thinks more.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I went the extra mile. I told everybody I got my fastball tonight. I'm bringing it. I'm bringing 98 up in the chin. So I Googled it, what it means Sports. when, when someone scratches the back of their head when they're talking and. Scientists and psycholog- psychologists psychologists <laughs> said, quote, when we scratch our head using one or more fingers anywhere near the top, back or side of the head, it signals the emotional state of confusion. So that's I very that Aladdin.
1: Was, Aladdin does that. I when think he's talking was, to Jasmine.
0: Yeah, I think that was a deliberate physical direction given to the actor to say you're going to say this. And that's the only moment during this whole speech, you're going to remove your hands from your side and lower your head and physically do something to show that you're uncomfortable. So I think it's clear that he has feelings for her, but he didn't want to reveal it yet. And then you see she sort of smiles because she sees him doing it, saying kind of like, yeah, right, sort of thing. So I don't think Ezra really thinks of her as a sister. I think he just wasn't ready to reveal that he has feelings for her. That's my attempt to squash any concerns people have with that, so... That's well, my take.
2: My opinion on it was that Dave Filoni was trying to recreate what George did in the original trilogy by confusing the audience that once that that it's kind of backwards like he's going to kiss Sabine and then they're going to be like I thought they were like brother and sister and it's sort of like <laughs> the confusion from the original trilogy. Yeah. I don't know. But-
1: I think people say that al- <laughs> I think that's a known thing that people are like, "Oh, you know, we're like we're like brother and sister and they're like playing off their actual feelings." Yeah. Even though yeah. they have deeper feelings for that person because they're too embarrassed to admit those feelings, so they're more likely to say, "Oh, yeah, like like that's a romantic trope in tons of romantic comedies and romantic books and movies and stuff." It's like, "Oh yeah, he's like a brother." No, that's weird. And mm-hmm, what they mm-hmm. really have is deeper feelings for that person
0: yeah and and he clearly looked uncomfortable and nobody who actually thinks that he wouldn't have recorded
1: that message for her if he didn't care
0: that that plus nobody who thinks of someone in a fraternal way would get uncomfortable saying that they think of them in a fraternal way so there's clearly true conflict within him so i I, that's my take on that
2: just just to be clear too because i was kind of joking before i do agree with that that you're saying, John. Because I think there's no other way that he could express his feelings without outright saying because they they did that in rebels. They went down that road where he was kind of like he kind of liked her and then she didn't really give anything. So he sort of ended it. That was like in the first season. Now, those feelings probably never went away. Um, so at this point in his life, there's no other way for him to explain how much she means to him, because what would he say? Like even I know we're not family, but I think if you as someone not my family, yeah, like yeah. like a, someone I would marry. You know, I don't know how to like, I don't Frank know. Frank said a good say. example
1: He's, in the comments. He said Clueless is a good example of that. I love Josh. Her stepbrother
0: as if.
1: <laughs> He's my brother, that's weird. Yeah. And then she's made out of him.
0: Um, <laughs> what do you guys think of Hu Yang? I thought it was cool cool to see him and David Tennant, uh, I guess, uh, was back doing the voice. Yes, um, he has mm-hmm.
1: such a specific voice that every time I hear it, I know it's him. If that yeah. makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think
1: it's because of the Doctor Who stuff that he's done. It's just like he has a very particular voice, which is perfect for this role. And I, I liked how he got a little sassy here and there. Like, yeah. when Sabine was fact, making, yeah. yeah, when Sabine was making up excuses and he's like, that's an excuse right there, that moment. He's like, that's yeah, an he
0: excuse. like. Sort of like K2, he like, but but K2 did it in a way where he wasn't reading the room. He, he's
1: very dry. He has he, more kind of inflection. He to
0: does, it. but he's like, I'm yeah. cutting through all of your human crap to get to the matter of it. <laughs> right. And so I, I, I look. He's so sick of Ahsoka's BS.
1: It's not and even
0: he's like, yeah. I don't care about your mopey story. You know she cares about you. Just go. Um, <laughs> but I, I looked into the character and I guess in Star Wars timelines, by the way, shout out to our friend, Clayton Sandell co-wrote that book. Go check it out. if You haven't mm-hmm. got it right over here. Who Yang was create built 25,000 years ago. Yeah. Which means right, so, he
1: had talked about the lightsaber building,
0: which
2: and stuff. means he could be in Mangold's movie. He could be in Mangold's movie. Yeah.
1: And he could be in, um,
2: well, he could be in anything, but the point in is anything. That he could be. In What's Mangold's the thing that's coming
1: movie. out? Oh, my God. Acolyte. He could be an acolyte.
2: He could be in yeah, sure. literally anything
0: that was yes. in the last 25,000 years, mm-hmm. including Mangold's movie, which is kind of wild.
2: It seems like he would be a droid built that like the very first droid built for the Jedi.
0: I, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm just like, uh, it's crazy. And
2: the- I think that also I could be wrong in this, but I think that puts him as the oldest character we know of in Star Wars. Yeah,
0: I think he is. Yeah, he
2: has to be, right? Yeah,
0: yep. Well, until anybody, until Mangle puts pen to paper, or you know, whatever, yeah. or pencil to yellow legal pad, was George Lucas used to write his scripts?
2: But it, but it almost feels intentional that they said in the in the timelines book twenty five thousand years because mm-hmm. we they know stuff's coming, you
0: know? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. 100%. Um, so overall, you know, these these two episodes obviously are setting up what's to come. Um, I think they did a good job of um, getting people caught up, getting new people vested. Um, so I watched it with my wife. She actually didn't watch Mando season three. She didn't watch Andor, but she's watched everything else. And she watched this and she asked me like, who's this? Who's that? And I sort of gave her this sort of summary of who people are. And she watched it with no issue and she didn't feel like she was confused. Obviously, if you watch Rebels, um, you're going to have a bigger payoff and bigger appreciation for this, but she watched it without issue. So I think that's a good sign for general audiences who just I like Star Wars, you know, like Mm -hmm. my brother or whatever, to be able to watch this and not have to feel like, oh, I I don't know because I didn't watch these four seasons of the show. So I think that was a good sign, too, which
1: Floney said that, too. in all his interviews like, hey, you don't have to watch that stuff. It would be great if you did, but you don't have to. (laughs) So when the writer and creator of the show is saying that you have to have an understanding of like, oh, he's making it so anybody can watch this. Yeah. Which is smart. I mean, honestly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Did you do we have uh, another super chat?
1: We do. This one's from Mike Lovins. Mike, what up? Thank you so much. He said, Howdy, I canceled band practice tonight to tune in for live for this one. How well, dare you? You didn't Mike. have to do that. Uh, this show is amazing so far. Happy that Sabine isn't force sensitive, but she's totally worth worthy of training in the Jedi arts. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I'm still indifferent on this. I, I want to wait to see where we go with it. Um, I think it's I feel like it's a little forced, not Pun, not Pun intended. intended. <laughs> forced the, to so say that she, she has done. to be a
1: Padawan or that she, where like, what is forced?
2: I Something something feels a little off that she was never force sensitive and yet Dave Filoni's writing the story of her being a Padawan to Ahsoka, this like, and they're using the Jedi terms and then they kind of come in and Hu Yang is saying like, You know, I've never had anybody lower than you. And I don't know, it just it seems like they're setting up for her to be able to get the force later in the series. And I'm like, that seems strange to me. And I I, I don't know why she has to be like a Padawan. She can't just be like. A non Jedi train, but could she something
1: right? But could it be leading to the exact opposite because In these two episodes, she grapples a lot with, am I good enough? Am I doing enough? Why doesn't someone want to, you know, train me? Why doesn't Ahsoka want to think I'm worthy of her time? Could Mm -hmm. the character arc of Sabine in this series be, hey, I thought this is what I wanted. And over the course of this journey, I've realized that I'm great just as I am. And I don't have to be a Jedi and I don't have to be Force-sensitive I could just be good at being a warrior and that's what she's going to learn from this process in the same way that Ahsoka is going to learn from her. Hey, uh, I'm not a perfect Jedi either. I'm more it's, of a Jedi than yeah. I think I am. And I've made the same mistakes that people made before me. Cause I was getting major Obi-Wan vibes <laughs> from Ahsoka. This, uh, ho- these two episodes just cause she was very kind of, don't do this, don't do that, what are you doing, what's going on, like, oh, great, now I have to pick up your mess type thing.
0: That's my only criticism of these first two episodes is I feel like Ahsoka was outshined by a lot of characters, and I know we have a lot to go. I feel like they did that on purpose. I know we have a lot, yeah, I know we have a lot Mm -hmm. to go, and I know Ahsoka's going to do some amazing things, Mm -hmm. but I think I don't love the stoic monk Jedi Ahsoka that much. How mm-hmm. she like talks in certain uh, deliberate short ways and her slow like folding her hands and like sitting like a Jedi and moving like a Jedi and stuff. I, I I want a mix of the old and new Ahsoka, and I know she's at a different point in her life. I just it's a little too stoic for me, so I hope that changes. And that's my only like minor criticism, because I know Rosario has a lot that sh- she can bring to the table. Totally. Uh, I mean, when we met her in, in the Jedi, that episode, mm-hmm. she was just a, a beast just a force doing, to be yeah. reckoned with yeah yeah
1: i didn't mean to laugh at you john i was laughing because i thought of how i watched when i did my rewatch today uh there's a scene where you know where who is it sabine runs up to see ahsoka right ahsoka shows up on lothal and they're both standing there with their arms crossed in this funny way that they're both kind of like this. And I'm like, is everybody crossing their arms in this series? And I like <laughs> laughed out loud because it was like so distinct that like they're both like body language wise, like off close off uh, awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it made me laugh because you're so right, John. I feel like Ahsoka is so often crossing her arms that they're trying very hard to have her cross her arms all the time.
0: I know. And I'm hoping
1: she kind of comes out of the the crossing of the arms thing. But I have to appreciate there are mannerisms that she did do in these episodes. Like what I said at the beginning where she does that smirk when Mm -hmm. the the camera shines on her and she like does a smirk and looks off to the right. Oh, it was so perfectly Ahsoka. um, And I really applaud it. But thanks, Mike.
2: (laughs) There we go. There's the photo. She was crossing uh, it in the one before and in this one. Yes.
1: And in that one. And in this one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's just always crossing her arms that could be a drinking yeah. game if you watch the shows every time ahsoka crosses her arms you take a shot
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right
1: all right david provis thank you so much for the super chat he said james i was curious too i looked at it like the bible story where the disciples get their butt kicked by demons because they didn't believe maybe her doubt is causing mm. her disconnect sabine? i think you talking about sabine being disconnected sabine? from the
0: force mm.
1: That's an interesting take. Yeah, I I don't know. Luke did close himself off.
0: I I hope Sabine is not force sensitive. I'm just going to say that. Too many people are force sensitive. It's not.
2: Yeah. That's that's sort of where I'm at, too, is like, I know that, like... I know that anybody could be force sensitive if they really did what he did. But I mean, we have characters like Chirrut that like want it so badly and they can't do it, you know? Yeah, I don't think Sabine even really wants it, you know? I think yeah. she just she's she wants to be like accepted and she wants to be great at what she does and all that. But I, I don't know that she's... I mean, maybe we're going to get that from the story. Like, I don't know what her longing to be... It seems like they're building her up to be someone who wants the same powers that Ezra has.
0: Yeah, sometimes. And so she's
2: like, well, the reason I quit is because I don't even have the natural talent, you know, I would I would do it if I could, you know, and she has to sort of be like. Talk, you know, you got to you got to let it, you know, open up or whatever. And I'm like, I I don't know, I just I kind of I'm not sure i'm not sure yet and i i don't mind the idea if it says being a jedi is not about using the force it's about this i'm okay with that more than i think i am like saying like in order to be a jedi you gotta get it you gotta figure out how to access that force and then she does a character that we never thought ever had the force you know i I don't that as well as the even to her just not having it you know i
0: i like jedi and i like the sith and i like force users because it's fantastical and you dream about like oh man if i had the force what you know what could i do and like that's, that's the allure of like the attraction to these characters but sometimes i think the more likable and relatable characters are the ones that are great warriors that are not force sensitive and we've had a ton of them um i mean the mandalorians alone han solo go down the list i would like the idea. It's like when people were pushing so hard, and I think he will be, but but like they really cheated Finn out of being force sensitive. I'm like, he didn't need to be force sensitive. I think they just needed to elaborate yeah. on his story more. Sabine, I I would prefer if she wasn't, because I think that takes a little bit away from Ahsoka's uh, focus as the one in this group. Um, obviously, with Kanan gone and Ezra missing, um, if they you know if Ezra comes back and then Sabine's force sensitive too, and Ahsoka, it's like how many how many do you need really? And I and then Sabine also another thing to bring up is like she's going to eventually need to make her own lightsaber. Uh, She, you know, she she can't just take Ezra's, in my opinion, and and become a Jedi. And I don't know if they're going to allow her to be a Jedi.
2: It's hers lightsaber
0: already. I know, but I don't I mean, I get it yeah I, I i still feel like we need to see that moment where she finds her crystal and whether that means does she go to ilum before, as it's being built into star killer to find the Ky- kyber crystal like who knows um but or does converse- she find, does again she find- this
2: conversation just feels like it's the wrong story for sabine i agree you know? i agree <laughs> I'm i like, agree tie her yeah. in with the mandalorian stuff more and let her be strong warrior in that right then she- which
0: which would have been great if The Darksaber wasn't destroyed now that I remember that. So,
1: (laughs) you know, what is right Um, for Sabine, though. Loth cats, which, guys, I've never been a gigantic fan of Loth cats, but this show has changed that per usual. (laughs) If there is a puppet involved and someone is walking said puppet into a Star Wars series, I am there (laughs) and this guy. There is one scene where she puts like the map ball on the table and it's clearly a CG Loth cat. Hated it. Yeah. Get it out of here. Bring back the puppet. Um
0: and they had I, six six grown adults inside that puppet. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> You're such
1: an idiot. But seriously, one of my favorite things of this these two episodes was the Lothcat. I it is cool. everything that I had hoped for. I love cats in general. So like the noises were perfect, the mannerisms, perfect. the the way it was uh, you know, growling and I didn't pick up on the first time around that he was growling when Ahsoka went to go find the other droid. But then the second time I watched, I was like, oh, he's clearly being like, he's in there. He's (laughs) Ahsoka, he's in there. And she's like, I got you. He's like, he's in there. Um, I just hope that he made it onto the ship because I feel like he needs to be on the ship with Sabine. I don't, I hope she didn't leave him behind with like a to-go meal, (laughs) some type of- (laughs) I I
2: bet she did.
1: I want him. To, I want her to take him on the journey with us. I want more. Cre- I'm always for more creatures than less, and I felt like this was perfectly done. Like I, I have no notes. It's just perfect. It's
0: probably safer at home, though.
1: But she's got a whole field of them. So, like, if something did, happen, she could get whole- <laughs>
0: They're gonna put a litter box on the ghost. I don't know. <laughs>
2: I was going to say that I, I don't even entirely know if it's hers or if it's just one that is in the house and she has food for them. Yeah. But it's like the old but adage. You, you, you I want you, one
1: so bad. You feed I've an never, animal
2: and, There you go. Yeah.
1: I've never yeah. wanted a Star Wars pet more than I've wanted a cat.
0: A day, of, yeah, it was really cool to see, and I'm I, that's a part I'm excited about seeing the gallery on how they, you know, put that together and put brought that to life because that'll be a cool segment, just like with the Anzelans and with Grogu and the way like they are like they're making Star Wars seem so real. It's just wild, and we saw the Lothcat. They had one at Galaxy's
2: Edge, right? There's in the one shop. in the Mandalorian <laughs> too. Yes. Yeah. There's one in the Mandalorian, but there's also one at Galaxy's Edge yeah, in a yeah. cage, yeah. Yeah, like moving its tail. Yeah. That's just it's so cool.
0: Um we we haven't really talked too much about Morgan Elsbeth yet and sort of the reveal that she is a witch and that she's Her hair is full of secrets. of the Night Sisters. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, I I goofingly speculated that she's she has always has this like sort of bouffant style hair like I was wondering bump if she it. was hiding like zabrak horns.
1: Jersey Shore.
0: Yeah. But what do you guys think what do you guys think about this now because we went from you know not really knowing who she was but clearly that she was working for Thrawn because of Mandalorian season 2 to now the the stakes are a bit higher and the way I see it is I had speculated that she's going to be this sort of agent of Thrawn that he's going to end up getting everything he needs out of her and then killing her off because she knew too much about his plans. But now this mystical elements here where she's sort of his his connection back to this galaxy from a communication aspect. But it also seems like Balin doesn't isn't really vibing with what she's doing either, Uh, because every time she leaves a scene, her him and Shin like sort of. Have their side conversations, and he seems old school and maybe less interested in what she's got going on. So I don't know if it's going to be a situation where Thron has Balin kill her. I'm speculating, of course, in the future. But what do you guys think of the reveal that she is um, tied to the Night Sisters and is a, is a witch, more or less?
1: I thought that was sick. That was a moment in the show that I went, oh. <laughs> And I also liked her line there, too, John, where she says, uh, so you're a witch. And she goes, a survivor. And I was like, ooh, Filoni. Ooh, mm. well done. But Loved evil it.
0: witches never survive fairy tales. So her her time is coming soon. Who it's says she's amazing. evil? I mean, she's working for Thrawn and he's the main villain. So.
1: No, that's fair. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, we never know in Star Wars. Well, my question, nightmare. James?
0: James, what do you think of this? Like, she was imprisoned. She had those little shackles on. Was mm-hmm. she just willingly accepting that? Uh, like, because if she has these powers, could she not have just busted herself out of there? Uh,
2: I don't know. I don't. I don't really know. I don't fully understand in some ways where the Night Sisters have their abilities.
0: Like, I don't know
2: that Asajj Ventress ever really used her night sister's powers too often as she did the force. Mm -hmm. Um, Although um, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but from. um, uh, What's it called? Uh, The the video game Fallen Order. She definitely is using her powers all the time, but she doesn't really. She's not trained as a Sith, though, so she was Uh never trained in the force. She's continually using her night sister's powers. Yeah, I don't know. I it seemed. It seemed when she got broken out that she had a little bit of a um, took you long enough attitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think she was probably not looking to break out herself, but just it was part of the plan that mm-hmm. she was going to get
0: or maybe to, rescued to see if Balin would go through with it because he said he was well
2: paid. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So, too. That, that so it was sort from. of a test of his loyalty. Well, the question is who's yeah. paying
1: him? Is it her or is it someone else? That's
2: the question, right? I mean, I think it's got to be her. Uh yeah, I guess
0: so. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, I don't know if you could Venmo across galaxies, so I don't know if Throne's <laughs> doing that. Yeah. Uh but she that that made me more interested in that character, of course. And it just adds to the whole thing that is doing here where I remember in the trailer seeing that sort of uh hologram of the map expand and wondering what that meant, but right. we are really you know, going in expanded directions with the whimsical, fantastical nature, and I love that. I think that's really cool to see because it's not necessarily just force-based. This is other stuff here that sort of uses dark arts, but isn't Sith, and it's just uh, it's it's very cool to see what they're what they're going to use this for. So,
2: parts of this felt like a new sci-fi show. Like, there's a new sci-fi show on, and we're all watching it, and it's pretty cool. And then we're like, oh, this is Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Like, I think a lot of people would probably watch this and be like, these characters seem cool, like this scene that I'm showing right here. Like none of them have their lightsabers out. Nothing about this screams Star Wars when you're watching it and you're watching all the glyphs fly around and they're talking about the other world and the portals to that's where, you know, this guy leads and we can get power like we've never dreamt of all that. It doesn't feel like Star Wars, but like when they cut back to Ahsoka or something, you know, or what whatever is familiar, I think a lot of audiences going like, I, f- I was really pulled into all that. I forgot that I was watching Star Wars. Yeah, now we're entering sort of.
0: Sabine was able to extract the memory of that droid so that they have the map still the actual map is in the hands of the dark side. They
1: don't have the map. They found out that the droid came from Corellia. Oh, that's I what thought, that
0: was. Yeah, oh, that's what that was. So, so oh, they didn't they put, get
1: the map, but she got a, chop, like, hey, this came from Corellia, which gave them a lead.
0: And Chopper put the tracker on the track. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And by the way, that scene was like that was the most rebel scene with her. Oh, and my Chopper. God. Check under your
1: sure. battery, and he's like, wah, 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 "Yeah, he's wah. like,
2: he's like, oh yeah." Which for anybody who didn't watch Rebels or maybe never picked up on, um, I'm pretty sure it carried over. That's Dave Filoni doing the voice yeah. of of Chopper because it sounds exactly like him when he
1: goes. You went through my stuff. And she's like, yeah. I didn't go through your stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're <dead>. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that
0: was, I thought that was a really cool scene. And um, it's also a cool element that adds layers to what's happening in Star Wars because Mandalorian touched on this, that there are still loyalists to the empire. Obviously there's stuff going on behind the scenes about the next plan with Palpatine, but seeing these sort of loyalists to the empire and he's like for the empire. And then, you know, they blast him away. And then this, these guys are making these things on Corellia.
1: I did uh, laugh at the guy in the back of that scene. Who's got like the air control guy <laughs> things on. Yeah. And he stand there at the wall and he's like, but like there's one button there. Yeah. and i was like they didn't really think through this direction because yeah. he's like
0: i feel like in star wars <laughs> there's always one button or one like, yeah, lever. like or, like the or other there's people guys are at that are desk. just told to stand over there
2: and kind of like yeah look around so
1: like and... the two people in the front that were like looking at each other had like levers and keyboards and stuff but the guy in the back next time you guys go back and watch it why he has like one button and he's like is it my yeah. time to press the button <laughs> it's so silly <laughs> oh made me laugh I think it was pretty funny. Anyway, so, <laughs> oh, look, I'm on the screen
2: now. That's cool. <laughs> oh, see you, John. see you,
1: John. John's gone to the other galaxy already. Couldn't wait for next week. He's already, you know, traveled to that next galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, James, I have to tell you my favorite episode of part two, or favorite part, uh, not shot, minute. favorite part. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause John didn't let me give all my favorite parts. So now <laughs> cause he's not here, I can now do it. My favorite part is when she's fighting uh Maroc. Not Merrick, it's Maroc. I'm getting it confused because there's all these theories going around that it's Merrick, but it's Marok. Yep, that guy.
2: Oh. I'm on the wrong one.
1: Oh, all good. So when she's fighting him and when he gets away and he throws his lightsaber, and then she does the really subtle like like out of the way thing yeah. that she does. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, what a flex that was for Ahsoka when he's like grabbing it back and you're like, oh my gosh, this double lightsaber is flying back towards her. And she's just like, and it's so close to her too, that you see the wind from it blow her poncho. But like, she's just so casual. She's like, oh God, he got away. (laughs) Like, It was such a crazy, crazy moment for me that was so powerful for her character but yet so small like it's such a moment but then you're like man she really is one of the best jedi to ever exist
2: yeah it's yeah it's a strong flex the other thing too is like uh, you know we were so close to getting the um like helicopter rebels lightsaber (laughs) but it didn't happen
1: right yes we were and
2: we might still get it who knows obviously this the these pictures of the character are from uh episodes to come and we see the spinning blade here again so there there is always a possibility that we'll get that i feel like they might look at that as like something that would take general audiences out like i what is this this is stupid now they didn't need to do that it's like it's okay that it lives in animation but in live action that might be a little too strange to do a helicopter lightsaber thing Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I I got to admit, um, me and John had talked about this character as uh, pure toast, like just a throwaway enemy.
1: I remember we joked about that, how like he was going to, you know, roll up and be like, la, 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 big fight moment. And then she was just going to kill him.
2: Yeah. And uh, he is awesome. Like I. It I'm is weird, totally... though, that he's,
1: he has a helmet on. He's doing the Knights of Ren thing where he like you don't see who it is doesn't talk. I
2: I feel like it works. Like, Mm um, I'm, I'm getting, um, uh, I reference this quite often, but, uh, Tron legacy, the, the Rinzler character. Sure. Like he, he kind of reminds me of that as this like very strong, very powerful, powerful villain against the enemy. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and he's quiet. He doesn't talk, you know, he's, he's, you know, it sort of has that mall vibe, I guess. Um but Should there's we... something about him that just screams like he's a powerful enforcer and he's probably he probably has a long legacy of all of the stuff that he's done that's earned him to this point. Now keep keep in mind he might have been an inquisitor from day 1 of the empire and he's the only one that survived. He might be that powerful the strongest inquisitor, you know, who knows? It, yeah, it says
0: he's a former inquisitor on starwars.com, right? Right. Does. Yeah. yeah. So can we I know he's the latest version of it's Ezra. Can we can we go on record <laughs> saying that that's not Ezra?
1: You've said this like three times, leading into Ahsoka John. That you're like, hey guys, it's not Ezra. Well, oh, and
0: watch it is, but, but people are people are still theorizing it, and it's like when TLJ came out and Benicio del Toro shows up in a shot, and people are like that's older Ezra. Like, <laughs>
2: uh, so I don't think. I, that I don't it think sense. it's Ezra either. I think that would be a a kind of a strange move, um, but I think it. Uh, we we said this last time too. It's already squashed because it was a former Inquisitor, and exactly. Ezra was never an Inquisitor. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. it's yeah. already and, canon that it's not Ezra. Like, with Dave Filoni in a billion
0: years have Ezra masked, brainwashed to be some dark side user that fights with Ahsoka? Uh, I don't think so.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. John, I don't Um, know if you heard my one of my favorite moments from episode two, part two is when Ahsoka just does the little subtle like with the the lightsaber. Yeah, Yeah. it's so good. It was so good.
0: That was cool, and that also, you know, James, you you brought up the vibes of you know Phantom Menace, Darth Maul with Shin, and I feel like she did take on that sort of I'm searching for someone on this desolate planet uh, vibe, but also Mm -hmm. a lot of Aspects of like that fight felt like Maul versus Qui-Gon and like he leaves on the ramp and gets gets away, but it's reversed because it's the dark side person escaping on the ramp of a ship and Ahsoka standing there versus it was Maul standing there as Qui-Gon escapes. But also one thing to bring up, and I'm not sure if the other Star Wars shows did this a lot, start st- setting the tone with the first part brought back the classic Star Wars scene transitions and the the screen wipes and the clock dial uh, screen transition. And it felt very especially with the prequels uh, like that type of scene transitioning. And I think that that was a really nice touch too that he added. And I think that's going to carry over. And also the fact that sort of like how Favreau wrote all the Mando episodes. Filoni is has, has written all of these, so it's going to weave together nicely. And being the showrunner, there are many directors who are going to be doing this show. But I am so excited knowing that uh, family was doing the final episode because the way this these two episodes wow. set the table, Man. think about how he finished a uh, probably mix received season three of Mandalorian and the way it ended. People are like, wow, he really ended that season on a strong note. Mm-hmm. What is he going to be able to do with the tools he's given from a narrative perspective <laughs> on this show? Right, I, I agree. I, I, I can't wait for October, but it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an awesome ride week after week, and I'm glad to see that it seems like any all Star Wars fans seem to really be getting around this. James, you had tweeted the Rotten Tomatoes stuff on the critic side, and
2: audience was in the 90s. Um, I mean, I didn't do the movies, but it's officially the highest rated uh television and uh, including animation so live action or animated tv series it's the highest rated as of now right with critics and audiences yeah if you were to take those two numbers and add them together it's the wow. highest um and it's it's there's one I think there's a few things that might actually be like higher on the fan side or higher on the, uh, critics side. I can't remember exactly how it played out, but I, but if you just look at it, like if one was higher on the fan side, it was definitely lower on the critic side. So the two numbers together wouldn't add up to a, a higher score. It's pretty even, uh, with critics and fans and they're both high numbers. So wow. it's, it's the highest. Uh, in just the two episode premiere, now that could go down. I have a feeling Mandalorian was higher at one point, and it's probably been rated down as the show's continued. So yeah. maybe that's why Mandalorian's not winning. But um, but I think uh, yeah, it, I, it's it's like uh, it's this and Clone Wars, Rebels, and I think Andor are all the highest uh, mm-hmm. out of out of those. If you were to combine those two and bring them up, I think those are the four.
0: We, I mean, we already speculated quite a bit, so I'm not going to guess what happens next week, but um, I know we're close to up on time and we have to head over to Patreon because uh, we have uh, the chat we're going to do over there. But any final thoughts on these two or things we didn't bring up that we need to bring up so people don't yell at us? Um, what do you got?
1: Not really. I, I, I think we covered a lot. There's just so much that goes into these episodes that you could just keep going and going and going. Like we could have done an hour and a half just on one episode. So we're trying to cover two episodes. But I I, I said this online and I, and I stick by is like this show has had me so excited to be a Star Wars fan again uh, in a way that I haven't felt in a while. I feel like it's just from the opening scene, I was, like, so hyped. And I think it was Kevin Kiner's music, to be honest. It was so perfectly done that oh, I didn't yeah. realize how much I had missed that cinematic, John Williams-esque type music from 100%. Kevin Kiner. And his his music made the scenes hit harder, uh, made you kind of pay attention more. Like, I was so overwhelmed by everything that was happening because, you know, we all love these characters, but just to hear those themes that we know so well, and then hear other themes mixed in, and then you're getting these kind of emotional beats that I've honestly missed with some of the other shows. And that's not to say Ludwig hasn't done a good job because I love his music as well. It's just a different vibe. And yeah. I didn't realize I missed it so much until we were watching this. And I was like, wow, I really have missed this.
0: When Sabine was laying out her armor with the music. he, the, oh, he yeah. Going there. Uh, the, again, when the
1: they're reunited cre- at the end.
2: Yep. The, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. With the mural, the end credits. There was, uh, there was quite a few moments, too. And I'm like, I don't even know if these come from Rebels, but they're hitting. Like, I, like when the, uh, something happens, like he, the first time we see Hera on screen, it plays a beat. And I'm like this is hitting and I, I again, I don't know if that's like Harris theme or something from rebels that I've heard before, which is why it's hitting or it's just legitimately good. And I'm like, um, I, I I've I never really like subscribe to that. Like if if the music is great, you don't notice it, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> I think I think sometimes the music is allowed to 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 overtake a scene and be like, the music is making this oh, scene better. Absolutely. You know? I think that's yeah. across
0: the board. I think any movie that has emotion uh, music will lift it. And I, I, you know, it's famously known George Lucas said when he when he watched Star Wars without John Williams music when he first made the first one, he thought he was screwed. And then he called it the lifeblood. And I think that's a real thing. And I like all the music from Star Wars. I like that Favreau wanted to go a different direction. So Mando had its own sound. I love it. And I also love this. And it, I, this does classical music and star Wars will always, in my opinion, make it instantly feel more cinematic. Uh, I've, I've always felt that way. And I, I think it, it's just a it's a blessing that he's here doing this music one. Cause James, like you said, it does feel connected because it is kinder and his family. Uh, but also it's just so good. And I think he may even have, have taken it to another level here. So yeah, uh, I think um, it's Bert. his best
2: work. Yeah. And I've watched clone wars and rebels and yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, a couple other um, things just that I wrote down that and I, we can blow through them really quick, but I thought it was funny that when Balin got on board, he had like three very specific lines, which were allow me to show you our identification, which was very like, you don't need to see my identification. Allow me to show you my identification. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Then right after that, he says, you're right about one thing, Captain. And it's like the negotiations were short, but that's not what he that's not where it goes. Yeah, And so it's like yeah. another line that was right off that. And then he follows it up. The third line that he said, well, it's not the third line he says, but in that moment, right in an order, he says, we're no Jedi, which is like what people were pointing to in the trailer. Is like, that's a very Ahsoka moment. So it's, it's odd a little bit that he had like three reminiscent lines of other things that we'd seen in Star Wars. And when they showed um, up,
0: it felt like when Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan showed up on the Trade Federation ship, it was the two of them hooded figures, mysterious, huh? but it was uh, worse results. <laughs>
2: um, right, right. And then this one too. Um, what do you, what, I guess, wh- let me ask this. How do, <laughs> how do, uh, Morgan Elsbeth and everybody else, how do they know where Thrawn is? She Thrawn said is, she
1: has a vision of it. Thrawn like she spoke a to her. Yeah. Sean
2: Thrawn is speaking to her. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. I'm like I'm like I'm just not following this. Like he gets wrapped up in the Pergill, he goes off, and then they're like, "Well, we need the map to the place where he is," you know. And I'm like, "What? It, what does all this have to do with like a knight sisters map and stuff? Like I don't understand how that tells you where Thron? How do we know Thron went there? You know?" Yeah, there, there's one. But episode. I guess that's right. She says that he's calling to her, but it doesn't. It says that-
0: it says a mysterious voice is speaking to her. and How that's is
2: Thrawn doing that?
0: He f- he's smart and he found some resources there to connect with her based on the origins of that galaxy. Or is so. he using yeah,
1: Ezra so. to reach to someone over the Force? Uh, that could be too.
2: The only other thing that I wanted to say that was, I thought, John, when you brought it up, uh, you were like the the slight controversy. You brought up the sister thing, but I thought what you were going to bring up was the retconning of... Uh, ahsoka wearing the white outfit the white with the staff i wasn't and i was confident. like we haven't talked about that i just wanted to see what your guys' thoughts were
0: yeah i was almost 100 percent that that was that same moment but i didn't want to say it um oops i don't care um i think that's fine
1: it doesn't but, bother me either yeah i take it like hey animation looks different than
0: because everything in- else is the same And in live action, the animation is an artistic interpretation. And that's canon now because the mural looks just like they look in Rebels. So maybe in Sabine's mind, she saw Ahsoka wearing white because she views her as a white knight about that.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm bummed a little bit because I've been waiting. You wanted the staff I wanted. Yeah, I was like, this is this is what you're going to get and. And it was like, OK, so let's build up our theories. And and what is she going to be like when she's fighting with the staff and all that other stuff? And then they announced the show and all this because we knew we were going to get that story continued. But then when they announced the show, we're like, oh, that's it. And then it was just set up. And ever since the the first trailer, I've been like, uh oh, like she's not with the staff. What what's the issue with that? Yeah, Dave Dave Filoni has retconned a bunch of stuff with her, including her lightsabers and, you know, other things. Um, that he sees fit for the story. And I think at just one point he probably wrote that in and said, um, this is where I see her at this point. But then as the show was coming together, he goes, that doesn't it wouldn't make sense. So unfortunately, the, for the sake of the show, I got to do this. Um, yeah. But Man, it, it yeah. does kind of it kind of bum me out a little bit, but it's not the end of the world. And obviously, the scene was still great. Well, let's and I understand the whole interpretation thing in, in live action this is the way that that scene went down Yeah, the book. This is the way it went down in the comic. That's the way it went down. But it's like these are all tales of. um, Things that happened, uh, you know, a long time ago. Yeah, Rosario Dawson is portraying a character called Ahsoka. We don't know what the real Ahsoka look like, you know, and
0: and eventually it will say a long time ago in another galaxy far, far away. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. All right, Lacey, before we get out of here, uh, we have a couple of Super Chats, right?
1: We do have some Super Chats, and I want to apologize because I can't bring them awesome. on the screen because f- for some reason, the chat is not loading. So I apologize. I'm but
0: i Morgan Elsbeth for this.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's invasion. Uh, all right, so we have Mike Lovins. Thank you so much, Mike, again, for the Super Chat. And he said, it feels like there will not be any filler episodes.
2: I agree. Oh, don't you say that word.
1: That's a dangerous word, Mike, first of all. Second of all, I feel like... And this just might be me i did see a lot of critique online of hey this you know these episodes felt slow or the pacing felt slow and i feel like people have lost their patience with stories
2: i agree with so, that, like
1: Barbara. the beginning of the uh where we get introduced to ahsoka in part one there's a whole scene where she doesn't talk for a long several minutes and it's just very walking through the process of like her thoughts and like how she's going to figure this out and using the force and like vibing where she is and i feel like sometimes people took that as like oh that's too slow or like some of the dialogue maybe oh that's too slow i thought that this show was perfectly paced and that every moment was perfectly used to tell this story i don't think it was slow I don't yeah. think that anything was too much or too long because someone I forget who it was to be honest, but there were some people complaining like, "Oh, the Sabine Speeder thing was too long." No, it wasn't. <laughs> That's how it wasn't Dave Filoni wants. To... Oh, cool. Yeah, I, the way I feel about it oftentimes is that we live in such a very instant gratification type of world where people are constantly online, and uh, I think the statistic at this point is like people's attention span online is three to five seconds, which Gen Z is like one point eight seconds like if you don't get their attention and that spend of time, they'll move on to something else. I think that people need to appreciate that every single minute of this show is being told by the person that wants to tell it, which is Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm. So you need to respect that. There's a reason he's including these things. Yep. Every look, every nod, every pan of the camera, tilt of the camera moment that he's showing you is meaningful. They're not just throwing time up there <laughs> to like make you sit there. Um, so that's the one thing, but I agree, Mike, you said it perfectly. I don't think there's going to be any, what people call filler episodes, but I don't. I also don't think that necessarily those exist in shows. I think they used to, to be honest, I think they're, I'm a big Buffy fan. And you know, when you had to do a TV show where there's 24 episodes in a season, there are definitely episodes. You're like, okay, this tells nothing in the story. You could do that. Mm -hmm. That's it. But I feel like with these episodes. Black and
0: Lizzo. (laughs)
2: Okay.
1: I do feel like I feel like
2: that episode did actually add a lot. Not so much about the droids, but the he's making a joke.
1: He's making a joke. I I feel like with the Star Wars series, since they're only eight to twelve episodes, uh, everything has a point. Even if at first you might not get there, at the end you're like, oh, yep, that makes sense. Um, But I agree with you, Mike. I think every episode is going to really hit hard. Uh, Next up, we have a super chat from Darth Snips. The lovely Darth Snips. Thank you so much. I'm sorry again. I can't bring it on the screen. She said uh, love Ahsoka. She's my fave. We didn't know Snips <laughs> and so excited to see where the story goes or the show goes. But I've also been excited for the TRB review too. John James and Lacey. You're the best. Appreciate you all. We appreciate uh, you. And I love that's coming from you who is Darth Snips.
0: Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's it.
0: All right. <laughs> uh, well, that- yeah, I mean, loaded show, uh, hour and 20. Um, we probably stick around, but we have to hop over to Patreon and and hang with the crew over there down in the base. But thank you to everybody for listening to this show, watching it, however you took this in. We appreciate it so much. Uh, please spread the word. If you dig what we do here at TRB, it means a great deal to us. Uh, and a special shout out to our patrons who allow us to do two episodes every week and everything else that we do because what you see here everything trb is made by the three people you are listening to now or seeing on screen so uh we appreciate that so so much Uh, because we have day jobs we have families we have a lot and being to be able to do this comes with uh support. And big shout out to our Generals and Spice Runners on Patreon. Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, dearth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny Micromori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Aaron Ellington, Colin Cormier, Jolton Jedi, DiMaggio, Diana, and Dave Hornack. And our Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Michael Fry, and the Fort Worthian. Uh, for me, Johnny Hoey on uh, all the Social media apps and my movie podcast, just like the movies we just did uh, Top Gun
2: Maverick. Uh, James, where are you at? Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. Lacey.
1: You can find me on all the different social media platforms at Lacey Gillerin. And then if you go to TikTok, I'm at It's Lacey Gillerin. And don't forget to enter our giveaway, which kicks off as soon as this episode ends on YouTube, leave a comment, not in the live chat, on the video video of what your favorite moment has been so far with Ahsoka and you are entered. And then if you want an extra entry, you can head over to Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it (laughs) to our Twitter account at TRB podcasts and uh, retweet the episode with your favorite moment and you are entered as well. And we'll announce the winner next week during the live show.
0: Yes. So we hope everyone is enjoying ahsoka we hope everyone's doing well out there we hope you enjoy the rest of your week james and i will be back with you on monday where we're going to expand some thoughts on what these additional galaxies could do for more star wars storytelling and of course we'll be back with you next wednesday night for trv live to talk about part three of ahsoka so again from the three of us here at the resistance broadcast we hope you're all well and we'll see you next time until then see you around kids
1: Bye.